the first Sabbath that we worship with you, three of you invited us to have lunch. Gloria Partilla, I think that Gloria is there. I see a little bit of blondes in the back, okay. And um, Ed Reiner and Betty Cowan. The last two are resting, waiting for the blessed morning. And as we talk about different issues, they asked me, Betty asked me one question. She said, what do you plan to do in our church that would make a difference? And uh, you know that Betty had the ability to ask questions like that, very direct. And, and I said, uh, well, one thing that I'd like to do that we did in La Mesa Church and God bless in incredible ways is the creation of a new ministry, the Prayer Partners. And Phyllis, who was the right hand in not only in the Prayer Partners, but in many other things, uh, remembers that, and many of you remember that. And I, if, if my counting is correct, uh, we had the opportunity to pray for about 10,000 people uh, in nine, almost 10 years. And there were incredible answers, and I shared some of those answers and some of those moments with, with the three. And Betty said, could we have that in Bonita? I said, yes, I plan to do that. Later on, something happened, and she called me at home, and I visited her. And, uh, and I'm going to be very open, as I always are. Uh, she said, I'm very concerned with my daughters, particularly with Jean. And uh, would you please pray for me, for Jean? And I said, sure. I said, don't you think that we should read something from the scriptures before? And she said, yes. Please open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm not going to read the whole prayer because of uh, obvious reasons, but um, I'm going to read verse 20, verses 20 and 21. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now this is, this is a very, very powerful verse in the Bible. Now to him who is able to do immensurably more than all that we can ask or even imagine. Did you read that? Did you hear that? He's able to give us more, much more of anything that we can imagine or ask for. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, that includes ours, forever and ever. Amen. A few weeks after that, Something happened. Uh, Jean was going through some kind of crisis. And a non-Adventist friend. I, believe, I think that she's a believer. But she's not a member of our congregation or of our faith. She said to Jean, you have to go to your mother's church. And you have to ask them to pray for you. And she did. And we studied the scriptures. And we studied a number of things. And we prayed together. And we studied together. And it's one of, the, one of those conversions that you will remember for the rest of your life. And today, Jean is the church secretary. Yeah. Praise God for the power of prayer. 
She's serving right there. I love Jean very much. And God is using her in different capacities. And I want to invite you, I want to remind you that there is power in prayer. And this is a special season when, as a church family, we, because our membership will remain here for a few months, I don't know where we are going to go, to be honest with you. I heard rumors and, and other things, but uh, nothing official has been said. Keep this church in your prayers. Keep yourself in prayer. Keep those who need your prayers in prayer. Keep Pastor Vaughn in your prayers. Keep Trina in your prayers. Keep Jean in your prayers. It's very powerful. There are very few things, very few things, that led you to experience God better than the prayer that has been answered. Very few things. When you see that whatever is happening is nothing but an answer to prayer, your faith in God grows. And, and oh, it's absolutely awesome. Today I'm going to use the word more than once. Awesome. Second P. There are three P's that I want to uh, deal with you. First is Prayer or the power of prayer. Please open your Bibles in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 12. Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 12. This is one of my favorite verses, particularly since I have been in this church. Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 12. I... Wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. I, wisdom, dwell together with whom? Prudence. The inspired pen has a very interesting statement that says every child of God is called to exercise Prudence, caution, and humility. The Dictionary of Old Testament Theology and Exegesis. It says, those who are prudent, they know in what direction life goes. And they place themselves in the will of the Father. By the third week that I came to Bonita, I met prudence. That is not her name, but it's her number one characteristic. I noticed that the secretary, by the name of Trina, some of you know, was more than a secretary. Her counsel, her demeanor, her ability to communicate, her passion for souls, her good judgment, her sense of equity and love and grace was beyond anything that I have seen somebody that is exactly the age of my daughter. Trina and Monica are very similar in many things, and yet in a few different. After three months, I noticed something else that really called my attention, that she asked many questions. 
It's a cascade of questions. You are having finished answer the first one and she already has the second one. And I'm going to confess something. I have never said anything to her or anybody, not even my wife. I spent some time on my knees and I said, Lord, how should I handle this? Uh, these are more questions that I'm used to. In fact, many of the things that I share with her, I sh can do it on my own. I have the authority and the ability to do it, but I like to share. I sense that there's something special in this young lady. And I sense that we are, we could be very good partners, but I need to have a little bit of understanding why so many questions. And God answered me, and it humbled me. He said, my son Julio, I like your enthusiasm, I like your sense of energy, but sometimes you tend to run ahead of people. Moses walked with people. And in Patriarchs and Prophets it says that he walked at the speed of the mothers, the children, and the animals. And you tend to run and sometimes you leave people behind. And I have placed my servant Trina in your way, that you may be more effective. And then he gave me three reasons why. Now I don't hear the voice of God, I, I'm not Pentecostal yet, I love the Pentecostals and I have a great respect for them. But as the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 2, he speaks to us through our conscience. And he told me three reasons why. One, she will help you to go to walk, not to run. Number two, the more that she knows about the plans that you have and the projects and everything, the more efficient she will be because she will be indispensable in carrying those plans ahead. And number three, the quality of whatever you have will improve. So I came back, I said nothing. <laughs> And I said, but I said something to myself. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to do anything unless both of us agree 100%. Since she is your servant, and I accept her gladly as your servant, and somebody that I need, and the church needs, if we don't agree on something, we are going to pray about it. And once we agree 100%, then we will proceed. That I remember, and she may remember more, and most of this is news to her, okay? Uh, I remember only three times, three times, when we didn't agree on something. And I remember very specifically, I said, Trina, why don't we do this? You pray about it, I pray about it. And when the Spirit of God talks to both of us, because the Spirit treasures unity. And the Spirit who... She worships is the spirit that I worship. And when that sense, a sense of unity in our plans, in our projects, then we proceed. If not, we don't proceed. And it was so interesting. The very next day, she said, how about that that we discussed yesterday? How about this and this and this? I said, oh, I love it. I sense that the spirit was right there. In another occasion, it took two days, and in another occasion, it took a week. But she always took the initiative. I didn't want to take the initiative. She always took the initiative. Let me tell you something. I have never seen somebody, and I'm not going to say how old she is, um, 
It's my daughter's age, and you can ask Alicia about that. <laughs> I have never seen somebody who loves the Lord as she does. Uh, she is a true, true servant of the Lord. And let me tell you, this is good news. The one is living is me. She's staying. One of you sent me an email this week and said, Trina is the glue that keeps everything together. And I answered that saint, Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. I love Trina with all my heart. She is a sister to me. She is my counselor. She is my colleague. I love her very much. Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, please. Ecclesiastes, after Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Chapter 1. I will ask you a favor. Please uh, read the text from the Bible that is in the pews. It's a different translation, and it has the right terminology. Uh, the NIV has the right terminology, but today I prefer the other one. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read it from the Pew Bible. And it goes like this. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. In NIV it says the teacher. But today I'm going for the preacher. A preacher has to be a teacher. If a preacher is not a teacher, that could create problems. And so uh, today I'm going to talk about the preacher according to the scriptures in a way that covers both faces, the teacher and the preacher. If you open this in the same book, the last chapter, chapter 12, you will find some characteristics of the preacher. Chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Very interesting. And it strongly suggests that the preacher that Solomon is talking right here is somebody divine. Is the servant of the Lord that came to work and to be among us and to be one of us. Verse 9 and 10. Verses 9 and 10. Not only was the teacher... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm leaving the NIV. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge. Waking and studying and arranging many sermons. Is that what it says? With great care. Now notice the NIV. It says, he pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. And then it goes like this. The, the teacher or preacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. When you study that, the uh, combination of grace and truth, your thoughts go to John chapter 1 verse 17. And Jesus came full of grace and truth. And when you study the characteristics of the preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes, he is polite, he is gracious, 
He is kind. He exhibits the nine fruits of the Spirit. Maybe some people believe that there is one fruit of the Spirit, love. And the other eight come from love. Well, whatever your belief is, this preacher exhibits the fruits of the Spirit. I remember an email that I received from the preacher that I'm talking today. And in that email, we were talking about issues, one issue in the church. And he said, I try to be so careful with the words that I choose. And I said, I know. It is true. Vaughn, come here. I love this young man. I love this young man. When I interviewed him three years ago, it was, and you interpret it as you please, love at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a common friend, Tim Gillespie, who used to be a colleague of ours in a different setting. And he said, Tim is the man that you need. You need him right there. And he is. He is. He is a combination of the three P's, prayer, prudence, and preacher. And notice how the Spirit of God works. To to the individual that prays, God reveals knowledge and grace. The individual who is prudent exhibits knowledge, divine knowledge, and grace. And the preacher proclaims knowledge and grace. I knew that we were going to be late today, and that's why I'm going to shorten my sermon to the last statement I'm going to say in a few seconds. And it's found in the book of Revelation, chapter 17. Last book in the Bible. Revelation, chapter 17. And I'm going to read only the beginning of the verse. 17, verse 17. For God has put it into their hearts. And those hearts are the hearts of the ones who pray, the ones who exercise prudence, and the hearts of the proclaimer, the preacher, to accomplish his purpose. I have nothing but gratitude to God for the privilege to serve you. And I'm rejoicing that God has selected Vaughn to be, who is an individual, and Trina, who is an individual, and Jean, who is an individual, who the only thing that they want to do is to accomplish the purposes of God. 